What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Game Podcast. Every week, we are here to discuss the latest and greatest in games, anime, music, uh, comics, you name it. We talk about it on this podcast. And this week, we have a uh, we have a gangbang, as they say, okay? And we are here to review and take a little mini deep dive into Final Fantasy 16 been been waiting several weeks for this for us to all be able to come together to discuss this game um i'm super excited i know i haven't i haven't talked to christian whatsoever about this fucking game uh chris me and him have texted back and forth a little bit and so with same thing with uh eric uh so i'm i'm interested in hearing everybody's opinions on the matter uh but we got christian valencia my brother from another mother hey we got chris norman What's up? I mean, to be fair, y'all, my, my brother's from another mother. Uh, he's just I'm Christian's fine. like my wife. Christian's like my wife. I'm so I'm not partial <laughs> to your favoritism. That's okay. I accept I'm it. Not partial <laughs> to your I've had firsthand experience in in watching your bromance, so I I get it. I get it. <laughs> and Eric Hernandez. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> so chill. Hey. hey <laughs> But yeah, guys, uh, Final Fantasy 16. So jumping into this right out the fucking gate, if you have not played or finished Final Fantasy 16, <clears throat> you need to back out. Uh, unless you just don't give a shit about spoilers, back out, come back later. Uh, we'll always be here for you to click on. So Lindsay, do not go past this segment. She's like halfway done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, Lindsay? <laughs> I thought you were talking about Chris's wife for a second. <laughs> if I, I found like, out my wife was halfway through Final Fantasy 16, I would be so pissed that I didn't know about it until now. Right? <laughs> no pissed. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> we should make sweet love to this game. What other don't touch my fucking have? drum set, all right? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't give you permission <laughs> to play my PlayStation. <laughs> I know you're lying because cops doesn't come out till four. <laughs> Eric, that explains your uh, fucking <laughs> uh, controller drift right there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, so yeah, spoilers ahead. We are going to be talking about anything and everything involving Final Fantasy 16. So spoilers out the ass from here on forward. So uh, that's your last warning. That's all I'm going to say. It okay. Uh, but before we jump into the actual review for Final Fantasy 16, we got some uh, some housekeeping to do. Starting September 1st, I'm going to start giving away some merch and some uh, some some Blu-ray codes and games and shit. So if you want to be a part of these giveaways, this is how we're going to do it. Um, there are going to be several giveaways, and they're going to be... The ways to get those stuff, get that stuff is uh different means. You're gonna be sharing shit on Facebook. Uh so go follow our page on Facebook. Um and also follow us on Twitter. And then also come support us at patreon.com slash two game. Uh joining us joining us there gets you uh more entries into some of the uh some of the stuff that we're giving away. Uh also Bioshock deep dive series the trilogy we're starting off with the first game and making our way through the entire trilogy i've already started a let's play series on it uh 
I'm going to release the Let's Play series one episode a day. And then at the very end, we will have our deep dive into the entire game. And we're going to do that hopefully for the entire uh, entire series. But that's if I don't fucking throw my goddamn PlayStation 5 across the room because this game is going to make me rage quit like a motherfucker. Really? But, Why? Uh, this is not this is not a Bioshock episode, sir. We're we're gonna save that for next week. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Final Fantasy sixteen, guys. What do we think about this fucking game? This game came out as highly anticipated. Um, it was one of my most anticipated games of the year. It got me off of Diablo four, which I was really enjoying. Uh, it also got me away from Tears of the Kingdom, which. I really fucking loved. So I don't know. Let's let's just open the floor. Christian, what do you think about Final Fantasy 16? Um first off, the dude who voices the main character is so sexy. Super sexy. Bruh. <laughs> yes. Yes. All the way, yes. He is sexy I was like, shit. Can you just talk to me in your sleep? In like, my sleep? <laughs> when I watched him like voice the character on a on a just a podcast i was like oh god <laughs> sir <laughs> matt, <pregnant>. who? <laughs> matt who <laughs> i'll always come back to you matt so but still it's like a one night thing but anyway the cast the voice cast was great the um, the score was great the visuals were great um the Fighting is kind of lackluster to me because you could cheese it. But other than that, I enjoy the shit out of it. What about you, uh, Eric Hernandez? Oh, I love the game. Um, this is game of the year until Spider-Man comes out. <laughs> um, I have never played it. This is the second Final Fantasy game that I've actually completed this is the third one i played um so going in i love the hype but i was kind of wondering if i was going to enjoy it because i'm not used to playing final fantasy and whatnot there was times where i would start playing it and then next thing i know it's like 16 hours later in the day i'm like oh shit and it's just been playing that game um i love the characters uh i love the story Love the gameplay because I'm used to the hack and slash. So for it not being the typical JRPG uh, turn-based uh, fighting was really a really a um, really good thing for me. Um, music, graphics, even with the the cinematic uh, cutscenes, which we'll probably we'll talk about later. I really enjoy that shit. Chris? Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everything everybody said, man. I'll be honest with you. I went into this game with not lowered expectations. Like, I knew I was going to love it because it's Final Fantasy installment, and I'm I'm an old, old school Final Fantasy head. But I kind of took that with a grain of salt because I knew it was also the conversion from any form of turn-based combat to just straight action RPG. And I was kind of worried, 
not it's not that I dislike action RPGs, but it's not Final Fantasy to me. So I kind of went into it thinking that that was going to hold it back, but I'll be honest with you, it, it didn't. It didn't at all. The the visuals were so good that the combat was kind of secondary. Uh, the voice acting was phenomenal. The soundtrack, I'm, I'm going to purchase just so I can listen to it on my own time, all the time. And the, you know, the combat, I have my issues with it. It seems like some enemies, if not most enemies, were almost too easy at certain points. But at the same time, it's not that it's so repetitive that it turns me off from it. Because as it evolves, you still have enough freedom in how you want to kind of do your own thing that you can make it your own. So I did like that. Uh, ultimately, I have very, very few complaints with the game itself. I, I pretty much loved it from start to finish. I will, uh, I will echo a lot of those, those points. Um, I don't think it's a perfect game uh, by any means. And when we get to the score later, like even some of the complaints that I have, it, I wouldn't say it drops my score down just significantly, um, but I love it. I love this game. I spent, I think, I forget what, where I was, 60, 66 hours, I think is how how much, uh, how long it took me to beat the game. Uh, really fucking love it. I did everything that I could other than the, uh, what was the, what was the last shit that you, you couldn't do the whole game? Uh, Chris. Tell me out here. It, it was the. Oh, you uh, talking about the um, the chronolis? Yes, chronolis. Did not mm -hmm. do those, but I've done all the hunt boards. I did every side quest that I could do. Just I me. Mean, everything's done except the chronolis and the new game plus. But I absolutely love the game. I think the story is absolutely amazing. And when we get into like the plot, I I think the the pacing of the game is a little weird because there are the beginning of the game is so fucking fast paced. It's like, they're throwing so much at you and it's just like big moment after big moment after big moment. And then we have the desert and it just slows down to a fucking crawl for me. And then for like eight hours for like yeah. eight hours. And yeah. so the, the pacing is off. I think the beginning of the game and the ending of the game are so are so fast paced that it makes the middle just seem so fucking slow. And honestly, if the ending wasn't as strong as it was, this game would probably be a lot lower for me um, because of that middle section in the desert. The desert is probably my least favorite part of the entire game. Um, the combat, while it's simple, I, I think there's enough there for it to carry over for 60, 70 hours. Now, to do straight into New Game Plus, I, I don't know about that. The cinematics, some of the best cinematics I've ever seen in a video game. Um, and on top of that, I'll even take one further. I think whoever created this game, the, the developers, um, I think they sat in a fucking room and they said, okay, guys, how can we make every guy that plays this game diamond status? <laughs> Well, what about this? Yeah. yeah, put that in the game. Oh, what about this? Put it in the game. Like, everything that they said can make you diamond status, they said fucking put it in the game. There were so many fucking just... Mm, just diamond status moments in this game. It was like... It was like a 10-year-old just came up with some of this shit. 
like, oh, that'd be so fucking badass if we did this, you know? And they did it. And that was pretty much the entire game. Uh, the score, I will agree with Chris. I want that shit <laughs> on uh, a soundtrack, and I'm going to listen to that shit because... It's on Spotify. Is, is, on, is it on Spotify? Yeah, um, it's on Spotify. I've been listening to it a uh, while. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's only like one song in particular that I would want. Is you know we all know which one it is, but it's so the fucking Titan good. fight. The Titan fight done. I want that. The score is so fucking good. Mm. Yeah, I keep the uh, I keep that the dude's... YouTube playlist up at all times, but I want the vinyl. They're gonna release a vinyl in a couple of months. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Bought. Yeah. That's what I'm Bought. saying. Like carded, son. Carded. <laughs> Prime. They knew what they were there's doing. There's not a steel. There's not a steel book to it, right? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dude that did the score, he sold his soul to the devil. I'm, I'm pretty fucking sure of it. Like that dude said, I, "I am going to make this, and then if I die, I die. I die, I die. Like this. This is his magnus opus. Happily, die happily." <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I think this game is 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 amazing, um, and I'm I'm super excited to to jump deeper into this game with everybody. Uh, when we start talking about like our top five moments, I'm I'm gonna go through the plot. Uh, and it's not like our deep dive series where it's gonna take like five hours to jump to the plot. Uh, go through the plot, and then we're gonna talk about our top five moments. And I have so many moments that were just so fucking good that it was hard to just pick five. So I don't even know if these are like in order <laughs> necessarily, but uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm very interested to hear what everybody says is their, their five best moments in the game. Uh, it was so very hard to narrow it down to five. Yeah. I have like, I don't know, like 15 that I narrowed down to five. And there's <laughs> just the ones that I remember off the top of my head. Right. All right. So I'm gonna go through the plot. If we get to a story beat that kind of jives your jellies a little bit, gets you a little hard on, uh, something you want to mention uh, or an experience that you had, whatever, uh, just go ahead and stop me. So in his teenage years, Clive serves as Joshua's bodyguard, blessed with some power from the fire icon Phoenix, and lives with his parents with the young Jill as their ward. The brothers accompany their father, Duke Elwin, to a ceremony to awaken Joshua's powers when they are ambushed by Sembrek soldiers. Uh, dude, Elwin, and we'll get into the Game of Thrones references in, in a little bit. Like, we, dude, I got a list save right here. Save it. Just save it. <laughs> of who's who. It's kind of fucking funny. <laughs> just, we'll, we'll get to that, guys. Okay. We will talk about Game of Thrones in just a little bit. It will be characters. a subject. <laughs> But Elwin no. liked the dude, man. I liked him. He was a savage. Which I, I, for I two do hours. Want... He was a savage for two hours. That's all it fucking takes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. But I, I, I want to talk about this first part of the game, the, the actual demo portion. Did any of y'all play the demo before the game no. came out? No. Okay. No, I waited and jumped in blind. I did too. So the demo ends right after, right after the ambush where uh, Joshua is dead. Essentially, spoiler alerts for 
like two seconds from me reading this plot. Um, <laughs> but that was the demo. The, the demo was for about, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours, depending on how long you, uh, how much you did. And one thing that I will say about this demo is I was so fucking hyped for it that when it finished, I was like, bro, I have to wait two fucking days to play this goddamn game. Mm-mm. I don't know how I'm going to do it because they did such a great job of hooking you onto these characters and getting you to care about them in a uh, significant way that it just it made that final scene where Joshua dies and you have uh, Clive saying, I'll fucking kill you. I was like, then, well, God yeah. damn, this is not your, uh, this is not your mama's final fantasy game right here. <laughs> We're saying F-bombs. <laughs> oh yeah. F-bombs. <laughs> Which I'm okay with it. It was a fucking great scene, but I, I just think they did such a great job of getting you attached to the characters so quickly. Uh, let's see where we're at. The Duke's death triggers Joshua's destructive awakening as the Phoenix, and an icon named Ifrit uh, emerges moments later and kills the Phoenix with Clive swearing revenge. There we go. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> you f- I think you called him a fucking bastard at one time. I mean, how clean was that yeah. cut for that dude's head, by the way? Just FYI. That's not- <laughs> that shit was impressive. <laughs> yeah. And dink, Single dink, swipe. Goes it. One hitter quitter. <laughs> and yeah, that whole scene, like they, they, the transition they made from rated T for teen to rated M for mature was not a subtle one. Like no. with this one, they just, they dropped it and they were like, fuck everybody. Fuck everybody up in here. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I will say that I, I don't, I don't want to get into the, uh, the comparisons of the Game of Thrones, but I do want to mention one thing from Game of Thrones because I feel like it's an overall story thing. <clears throat> I wish, look, I mean, it's no secret. You, you've heard people talk about it already. We've said it. This game is, there's, there's so many influences and comparisons to Game of Thrones in this game. It's not even fucking funny. Sometimes it feels like they're not diving 100% into that, I guess, uh, influence because it, it seems like they tiptoe some things. And I feel like, man, it really would have been nice if they would have kind of, I don't know, dove into the deep end on this in terms of a story and, and how it relates to like Game of Thrones and shit like that. So we get this initial scene with Kuka and uh Benedicta and she's all like fuck me daddy <laughs> and he's like <laughs> he's like you're fucking right I will bitch <laughs> and I'm like yeah make your daddy that's, talk <laughs> that's really only <laughs> sex scene we, we get two sex scenes in the game not sex scenes but that's like really the only two sexual moments that we get in the game but on the other end of that, we get Annabella, which that's Clive's mother. She despises Clive's lack of blessing and betrays Rosaria to preserve her bloodline, has him enslaved as a magical soldier in Sembrek's army. So that's a huge betrayal at the very beginning of the game, right? The thing with Game of Thrones is everybody is fucking everybody, literally and figuratively, in that entire series. You, you can never trust anybody. 
I don't feel like they dove enough into that. I wish there was a little bit more of a trail going on in the story. What, what do y'all think? First off, I hate that bitch. God, I hate that bitch. Yeah, she the worst. <laughs> she was the worst. I wanted to fucking twat punch her in the fucking... So fast. So fast. Great but character writing. She's hot. Great character writing. But she's hot. <laughs> but she was hot. <laughs> she cared way too much about lineage. Fucking Hitler vibes. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. Straight, straight genocidal, genocidal personality. Right. At least she wasn't fucking her brother to keep the bloodline pure. So <laughs> she was fucking her cousin. No That's one was true. her cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, is true. that why Clyde was a little off? <laughs> that's probably how we got the icon power to begin with if we're being honest <laughs> uh I, I will point out though that the 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 references like how you mentioned like the the got stuff the sexual innuendos in the game versus just the straight pornography in the series for a final fantasy game that was about as close as it was gonna get though yeah i mean up. because if if you think about final fantasy 10 it took like eight years before the writer ever even confirmed that Titus and Yuna, you know, did the deed in their little miraculous spheromorph pond. All one right. Of the best but in this of all one, time. Yeah. But in this one, like you said, Benedicta was just pretty much like, fuck daddy. And Kuka was like, okay, cool. So, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as graphic as Game of Thrones, but the jump was still made for sure. Uh, oh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I need to see computerized dick going into some girl i'm not saying that i'm saying like i don't know why not i, I, <laughs> I thought it would be a, a hentai not a video game sir <laughs> what'd you say be a hentai, not a video game <laughs> i don't know i i feel like they're the the sexual stuff i'm, I'm i guess i'm okay with I, I thought there was gonna be a lot more considering how the game started <clears throat> It's it's the betrayal stuff for me. It's it's not a negative against the game by any means. This is not like taking down the score or anything like that. This right, is just right. something that I kind of wish was in it a little bit more. Like I'm not gonna lie, the entire game when the, when the uncle came back into the picture, I thought he was I thought he was fucking I thought he was shady. Not gonna lie, I was like, dude, I like you a lot, but you give me shady vibes. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Leading two hours into it with what Annabelle did to the entire family, with that being kind of the peak that you get as far as an intimate betrayal, you're right. It, something else could have been done later in the game. I'll give you that one. Or like, save to really that just, one. Like, to really crush his heart. Like, crush Clive's heart or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then again, I'm with you. He, but then again, he, you know, he's been getting heart crushed the entire game, so I guess that'd be a little fucking brutal for him. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> All right. Um, so 13 years later, that's that's where the uh, demo ends. Uh, 13 years later, Clive is sent behind enemy lines during a fight between Dalmechian Republic and the Iron Kingdom to assassinate the latter's dominant, revealed to be an enslaved Jill. Uh, he deserts to free her, and the two are rescued by Sid, who agrees to help Clive search for Ifrit's uh, dominant. We get the introduction of Sid who was a fucking savage. I loved every goddamn minute that he was there. The best, the best voice acting in the game was for Sid, I think. And that's saying something because Clive's was, uh, I mean, the entire voice acting was great. But uh, Sid. Now, I am partial 
because my my guy Ralph Innocent, who does the voice acting for Sid, is also the uh, the main lead in The Witch, which is also a top three favorite movies of all time for me. So I'm a little biased in that, <clears throat> but his voice is fucking great. Do you agree? I agree. Oh yes. I wouldn't put him above Clive, but he's right there with him. That's that's fair. I agree with that. At at first, I was I was like, I don't know if the character like model and design fits the voice. It kind of threw me off for a little bit, and then at some point, I was just like, fuck it. I just love the voice. I'm okay. Yeah, with no, it. he's savage. He's phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Oh, see here now. This is the scene between um. Shiva and Titan at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the game. Uh, fucking great cinematics, by the way. I love this scene. This is one of my, my favorite moments in the game. One of my, you know, 20 moments in the game. Uh, I think the cinematics are just absolutely phenomenal here. Agreed. So, is it just me um, when you first saw Titan, was the first thing the first thing I thought was shit, that's the armor Titan. He's about to fuck up some shit. <laughs> yes there there are definitely some attack on titan uh influences in this game and there's there's one big one which actually makes my uh not my Dynasty. my top five moments but my favorite moments in the game uh let's see here tracking word of an unknown dominant they fight benedicta from whom clive takes the power of her icon garuda uh <clears throat> which this is when this is the moment I was actually just referencing. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that close. Uh, so the attack on Titan, she ends up cutting off Ifrit's arm during that fight. And he goes to punch her and he regenerates his arm and punches her attack on Titan. One-to-one yeah. copy. <laughs> Drew that. <laughs> and I'm 100% okay with it. Uh, I thought Titan would be bigger. You thought who was going to be bigger? Titan. He was fucking huge. Fuck you. He was. He was, but he was bigger in before the he gathered the uh, the crystals. In, I thought the... the uh, he was way bigger. The, the size model between Ifrit and Titan was just... I was like, God damn, dude. Like, are you just like tickling his feet when you hit him? Yeah, yeah Whoa, you're like that's... standing on his shoulder like a little shoulder devil, just punching <laughs> him in the ear hole. Well, when I saw that, I'm like, how the fuck is he going to beat this guy? He's he's like 10 times so- uh, bigger than him. Like, oh, it's, it's not about it's the impossible. size, sir. It's not the size, okay? <laughs> Swaps. He, he's got to swap hands. <laughs> no? No? Okay, fuck no, you. Okay, sure, <laughs> yes. You can have it. <laughs> Chris laughed at it. That's all that fucking matters. <laughs> God damn it, wasted. <laughs> uh let's see here. Where where we at? Where we at? Um a disturbed Indicta is then attacked by bandits uh and transforms into a raging Garuda, which in turn triggers Clive to transform into Ifrit and kill her. When Clive briefly despairs at the fact that he is Ifrit and the one who killed Joshua, which you kind of already assumed at that point, considering you didn't see him at the very beginning of the game. You just assumed it, but now it's kind of confirmed. Uh, Sid encourages him to keep searching for the truth behind his transformation. 
after Clive and Jill see the full oppression inflicted on bears and their sympathizers in occupied Rosaria, they join Sid in a quest to destroy the nation's mother crystals, which are causing the blight by draining ether from the land. They infiltrate Sembrek's capital, but encounter a monster within the mother crystal that mortally wounds Sid before the mother crystal is destroyed. My man Sid died, man. And I was I was I was heartbroken. Not gonna lie. It, heartbroken. Yeah, it was crushing. It was a crushing scene. I was because I remember texting Chris. I was like, bro, they just killed my boy. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> I don't know if I can take this is what? Maybe ten hours into the game, maybe. If you had yeah. to if you had to say. Um if I'm gonna have to deal with another loss like this, I don't know if I can play this game. Yeah. No, it was pretty bad. You know what it reminded me of was old what's his face from Xenoblade Two. Um, oh, um, because it was like the same character mold within the plot. Like you get the dad vibes for a good ten, twelve hours early in the game, and it's such a. I can't think of the dude's name. I feel so stupid. Wow. Yeah. Well, I you know who I, I'm talking about. I do know who you're talking about. <laughs> well. To be honest, when Sid dies, you know, it was still, I was thinking about, you know, the Game of Thrones, like, okay, so who else is, are they going to die? Just because they got to that point where, you know, they knew, oh, hey, let's make Sid's every, uh, everyone's favorite character, and then we'll just fucking kill him, like they do with Game of Thrones. So I'm just thinking throughout this, playing the game, I'm like, okay, who's next? Who, like, who are they going to try and have me, like, enjoy and then just just completely kill them off. And then just crush your entire spirit. Yep. I told Chris, if they did anything to my girl Jill, I was fucking quitting the game. I wasn't fucking finishing. Fucking <laughs> 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 to hell with Jill, man. I was more worried about Torgal. The dude helped a lot. You know, I will say this. It took me a good portion of the game to really figure out that you could do uh sick precision moves uh -huh. with him oh yeah i they don't tell you that mm. but i figured it out and i was like it changed up my combat so much that when you get to the end of the game and you don't have him i honestly i struggled yeah you had, you <laughs> I had to reevaluate didn't you yeah i had to change up the way that i played the game completely i don't know if they did it on purpose or not but uh it, it was it was interesting to say the least Oh, let's see here. Uh, Joshua, who survives Ifrit's attack due to Phoenix's powers, stops and contains Ultima with within himself, which Ultima is kind of the overarching bad guy here. It, it's not really front and center at the at that particular moment. Uh, the game it's doesn't the tell King. you. The Night King meets Vecna is... I thought he had a lot of Vecna vibes. Mm -hmm. I thought so, too. But yeah, the game doesn't really tell you, hey, this is going to be the guy that you're kind of fucking with the entire game. Uh, he's just kind of uh, in the background, which I thought was uh, was a good move on their part because uh, it kind of builds that mystery throughout the game. And it almost turns it into like a mystery. And uh, I thought I thought that helped keep the uh, the pacing of the story a little bit. Hmm. Uh, Hugo, who is love is on that. Did he really need to absorb him? You know, they don't dive into that much. 
throughout the game. There, there's a significant portion of the game where they completely just skip over the fact that he has Ultima in him. <laughs> like, he was still there, full power, everything. I totally Did forgot he about himself? it. Like, to be honest, I forgot that he had him in, still inside until the ending. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. I mean, what do you think was killing him? Well, he was already getting sick in the beginning when um, he was trying to develop Phoenix's power. So I, that's what I thought. Well, I, um, I think I can answer. explain it, but it would be spoilers for like the end of the game. So do you want me to say it or just wait? I mean, I think we launched spoilers already. Fuck it. Just go. <laughs> All right. Well, so as you destroyed the crystals at the end, you kind of figured out that Sid had been duped all along. And that's what Ultima wanted because yeah. his his soul parts or counterparts or brothers or whatever the hell they were. Like, all part of them, but all not part of them. They were separate inside the crystals. I think Josh Joshua entrapped one of those. The one that was from that particular crystal. So, no, like, so, the so it's like the Horcrux cruxes. Yes. Um, and Josh so, took one of, the, one of the fragments of his soul. Pretty much, because when you get to the end and you're about to fight him and all the other parts are there and he's taking them all in, that's when that one pops back out of Joshua. It's like Joshua just literally brought him himself to himself, if you will. That sounds kinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have thoughts on that when we get when we get uh, a little bit closer to that segment or that portion of the game, uh, because it's a. It, I'll just I'll just save it. I'll save it. Let's see. Hugo, who was in love with Benedicta, is manipulated into believing Sid is responsible for her death. Which I think this was this was a portion of the game because I, I don't know if the this plot's going to have it in there. But Sid ends up sending Benedicta's head to Hugo. It's in the box. And I'm like, I was like, did he cut her head off during the battle? Did I fucking miss something? So they completely just left that well, portion out there's I don't know a part that... of the there was a part of the cutscene where they he walks up to her and then they just cut it out so they made you want to assume or picture what he did especially when they send the box i would like to see what was in the fucking box to be honest i mean we're ready mr ray you know why not you know you might as well just show the fucking thing just show it to me well i don't think sid did it i don't think he did you think Josh did? I mean, uh, Clive did? No, I oh, think ultimate. Barnabas. I think Barnabas did it because when so Barnabas too. was on the side of that mountain before you go fight Kupka, he was talking to like the little general that he made to replace Sid when he bailed, and the little general said, "One man brought to destruction from the head of a woman, or something like that." So it's like they they sent it to oh. him to set the trap to make him think Sid did it, and that's what launched his rage anyway. Well, I'll be fucking damned. You know, when you have that like little missing piece of the game and now just all fucking well, connects and makes sense. I'm like, yeah, that fucking makes sense. <laughs> dude, there's so much dialogue and so many cinematics. You can miss one line. It changes the whole fucking storyline. Like, and that's what makes this game playable. Because, you know, like Game of Thrones, again, with the reference, you watch the first this entire series once. And it's like when you go back and watch it again, like, oh, shit. I missed that the first time. Completely and missed the, it, yeah. Yeah, and you, the plot gets uh, more connected and shit. 
yeah, for sure. I did. And that, that does go back to the whole Ultima, you know, playing everybody from the start, you know? So that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Wow. Hmm. Well, damn. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> five years later, Clive, now using the title of, of Sid and carrying on Sid's mission, uses the war between Sembrek and the Dalmechian Republic over the occupied... Uh, crystalline dominion as a cover to destroy the iron kingdom's mother crystal ultima continues working through the worshiping barnabas and the form of uh olivier uh, uh, annabella's son by sembrek's emperor clive later fights and wounds hugo who is manipulated by barnabas's agents into overusing his nation's mother crystal in pursuit of revenge uh having gained full control of ifri Clive kills Hugo and destroys the Dalmechian Mother Crystal. Uh, under Joshua's advice, Dion stages a coup against Annabella, but in the process kills his father and comes under Ultima's control. Uh, Clive and Jill destroy the Dominion's Mother Crystal while the former helps Joshua save Dion, whose act of killing Olivier causes an unhinged Annabella to kill herself. This whole fucking sequence, I was like, what the fuck? Every five seconds. Yeah. Every yeah. every five seconds, yep. It was like something would happen. You're like, fuck, man. And it's like you're trying to process it, and then they throw something else at you. And I'm just like, god like damn it, stop. Wing. Just fucking stop. <laughs> fucking Anakin vibes over there, cutting that dude's hands off. Titan's hands off. <laughs> um, that was so cool. Yes. I want to talk about that more uh, in a little bit, not to spoil anything, sir. Uh... The whole Dion thing, he throws the the spear and kills his father. And I was just like, oh, fuck, man. And then he goes, I, I call it Majin Dion because he goes evil. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Uh, yes. What, one of my favorite moments in the game was this whole sequence, like the whole goddamn thing. Okay. You can't just pick one fucking moment for sure. But then Dion goes evil. And this leads into. <clears throat> I don't want to spoil any of my top five, but this whole sequence is fucking good. Okay, the whole fucking whole whole sequence. I would I, I would recommend anybody to look up uh, Clive and Annabella confrontation scene or uh, Dion killing his father scene. All that all that's just great, and then the cinematic fight is just awesome sure. as well. Just Google <laughs> Dion goes ballistic. <laughs> yes. Sadly, Majin Dion is not a thing, but I'm going I'm going to make it a thing. <laughs> Dion was one of the more underrated characters of the entire game to begin with, dude. Like, Dion was a savage, and I loved his backstory. I mean, he was the Jamie Lannister of the whole thing, but he just, I don't know, man. They, I, I played so much of this game wondering, like, what the hell are they going to do to actually bring Dion's character writing justice? But the way it finally comes full circle when we finally get to it, like, dude, it was a, it was a magnificent arc. Can we... Just talk about the fact that he's the kin slayer and not the king slayer. We can. We can discuss that. <laughs> they, they literally just fucking dropped the G. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, bro, come on. <laughs> no, it was a little too on the nose. A little too on the nose, but I appreciated it. It's still savage, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Even followed the same arc. The like, exact the exact same arc. <laughs> but yeah. 
I'll see here. Unhinge Annabella to kill herself, which I'm going to say I was kind of surprised that she died so early in the game. I was no, expecting her die. to be more towards, be the, towards end. the end. Yeah. Nope. She needed to die soon. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not uh, disagreeing with that. Like, <laughs> fuck that bitch. I just hope Clyde was going to do it. Or Dion. Yeah, I felt a little combination like, of both. Like bamboozled a little bit. They kind of did. Robbed. That was like some beautiful irony in that scene. Like she didn't believe that Joshua was real, which I thought was fantastic. Like she just watched her youngest go. And then she could be presented with the idea that the child she thought she lost 10 years ago was gone already would actually had come back, but she thought he was Ultima at that point. So the irony behind the fact that she sold her soul to Ultima and letting him take over the youngest and then her fear of Ultima is what led to her own suicide. I was like, that's just fucking well done. Well done, writers. <laughs> this her, her the way she died does mirror something that happens in Game of Thrones. We can get into that when we get into that segment. It's it's super hard to talk about this game and not mention the Game of Thrones references. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's literally. Well, they put it out there. They even told uh, the gamers like, "Hey, this is Game of Thrones. Uh, this is our version of Game of Thrones." So, I mean, they put it out there. I'm not knocking it. No, I don't, I actually, actually, I will say this. Okay, this might be a hot take. I don't fun. I don't fucking think it is. This is, for the most part. A better version of Game of Thrones. It's how Game of Thrones should have ended. Yes. It's how yeah, it exactly. should have fucking That's ended. That's what I told Chris. I, I text Chris about that too. I'm like, this makes up for the ending for how Game of Thrones ended. Most definitely. Christian, Christian did you watch I don't Game know. of Thrones? Do we have different endings? I don't uh, know because... Because me I and talk, Eric talked about it. I don't think there are different endings. Oh. Well, Whoa, I, was ho, ho, thinking, I didn't think there were different ones. That's pretty cool. Well, no, I was thinking about because when I beat the game, it was like four o'clock in the morning, and I was ready to go to bed. So I maybe was just Bruh. overwhelmed <laughs> and just finally was able to Bruh. beat the game. This this dude finally released, and he's fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> he had so much build up over 65 hours because <laughs> i was talking to chris about it and he was uh saying about he got the same ending and i'm like just trying to think back i'm like yeah i remember that well i remember that part and then so i don't know i gotta look for the cutscene and just and see if i don't know there, there's the ending, later. and then there's the uh, post credits, or not post credits. Yeah, I got the mid- post credits ending. ending. No, he's talk. We're talking about the ending after uh, you defeat Ultimo. Oh, yeah. As far as I'm aware, there's not different ones. Uh, we'll see. But we'll discuss it. Uh, see. <clears throat> but Christian, have you played? Uh, have you uh, watched Game of Thrones? I watched season one. Really? Wait, uh, seriously? You're, miss- you're missing out until season eight, sir. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So, <laughs> so Christian, I'm missing on. out until season eight. <laughs> Till season six and a half, really. Wait, so how come you've never seen Game hold, of Thrones? Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold, hold the fuck up. We're gonna, we gonna, die, we gonna detour just for just a second. I will die on a hill that season seven, while it is not story wise probably the best, and it's completely different than all the others. Season seven is fucking good. I, I don't care what you say. Okay. 
Season eight is fucking terrible, though. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I won't argue with you. It's a matter of opinion. When was Battle of the Bastards? That was the end of season six, right? That was season six. Season six is the best one. All right. Yeah. After that, season seven started off great. About episode four started just kind of rolling down the hill. And then by the finale, it was just drunk tank. Drunk tank, what? barrel in the bottom. And season eight didn't help it. So the I only remember good thing about being season eight so was hard. Winterfell. I remember being so hard True. when the Night King, spoiler alerts for Game of Thrones, uh, when he threw the spear and killed uh, the dragon, and then he revived said dragon. I was like, bro. That scene was dope. Yeah. <laughs> that scene was cool. That was, that was fucking, that was, cause I wasn't expecting it, you know? Wait, so what hold a on. Cr- I got to cr- ask Chris, Kristen, how come you've never seen Game of Thrones? Is it because you just didn't feel like it, or you just never had the time, or... That is a good question. Um, I had anime it's watching. Boobs. It's got boobs in it. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say because anime. Oh, I exists. watched. I watched all the cutscenes that needed to be watched. So I so, saw all the boobs and all that shit. Does this game make you want to jump into Game of Thrones though? Hmm. One day. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's <what that> means. <laughs> one day I'll watch it. Maybe after the series finale of One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't watch One Piece. I still have not oh, really? touched One Piece. I do not want to touch it. I do not want to yeah, go down that fucking said. rabbit hole. After Fairy Tale, it was like, yeah, anything that fucking fuck you, fucking Fairy Tale is awesome. No, I know. I'm not. No, I'm not saying choose, that. Choose the wording of that next sentence very carefully. <laughs> no. This I'm is a know your crowd moment. In a minute. <laughs> no, I will, dude. I love Fairy Tale. You guys know that. It's just I'm I can't. I don't want to have the commitment to watch a thousand episodes of a series again. You know there's a way to watch One Piece without the fillers, right? How? YouTube? No, there's a website that does that specifically. It has like episodes 1 through 50, and it's just 1 through 50 good parts without fucking up the plot. And they do that for so on and so forth. So, so it's Dragon Ball Z Kai. <laughs> but better. Word. <clears throat> All right. All right. Um, Clive then moves against Barnabas, killing him and destroying Walud's Mother Crystal. But Ultimate, well, we jumped pretty fucking far <laughs> from that story. <laughs> we cut out like, what, 20 hours of a game? Whatever. I'm not the one that did these notes. But uh, I just want to tell y'all guys, there's about 20 hours in between that segment I just talked about. <laughs> 20 hours. <laughs> uh, but Ultima reveals this to be part of his plan to shape Clive into a vessel for him to inhabit through Clive-absorbing icons. Joshua's research reveals that Ultima's power, uh, Ultima's people escaped a blight on their world and seeded Valstia with the Mother Crystals to siphon ether for a powerful resurrection spell creating humans to breed a vessel powerful enough to cast it. I love the lore here. Love it. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, he, he's from another world, and now he's this god, and he creates people to basically create this uh, this vessel. So, I don't know, man. That. The, the religious themes there, and I don't want to jump into religious shit on a podcast because that's not what we do, but I, I think it's very, very interesting to put those those themes in this game 
with the uh with the god and you know what's this life for why did he create us and, and shit like that so the fact that final fantasy 16 creators uh kind of weave that into the story was uh really really interesting i think it was subtle very subtle I think that's why I liked it. I, th- I liked how they did it because it wasn't you weren't overwhelmed with it. Like it wasn't the base of the plot, but they found a way to work it in that you're still like, ah, okay, you you figured it out, got it. <laughs> uh, Clive, Joshua, and Dion mount an attack on Ultima Sky Fortress of Origin, where Ultima's fragments merge to enact the final phase of their plan. And this all happens right after you do five thousand side quests to complete the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many fucking side quests there were so many <laughs> i'm like guys we, we we probably could have put a couple of these like in that know, 20 like, hours in <laughs> 20 hours before that uh dion is killed and joshua left mortally wounded after the ultima fragment is forcefully removed joshua sacrifices himself to give clive his icon after killing ultima Clive heals Joshua's wounds and seemingly sacrifices himself to destroy the final mother crystal within Origin to remove magic from Valestia. Leaving his fate ambiguous. A post-credit scene in Valestia's future shows a family living without magic and there's two boys and they're playing and uh, they own a book called Final Fantasy authored by Joshua Rosfield. Excuse me. Um, and that is the end of the game. Whew, man. So like, podcast, I, I know guys. we <laughs> what? So what a good podcast, guys. Later. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> to me, I, I we skipped over a lot of stuff just going over the plot right there. But I, I do think they they did a nice job of closing out uh the ending. What, what do y'all think? Do y'all have any issues with the ending? I, I think... So, I'm a little conf- Other than me not paying attention. So, the book. Did Joshua survive? Or, like, who wrote the fucking book? And, or is it like... Um, I'm trying to think, was it the book like uh, Bilbo Baggins writing a Hobbit's Tale in the Lord of the Rings, or was it just did they all did it actually happen? Like, did some guy named Joshua Rossfield just came up with the story and was like, "Oh, hey, let's let me make a book." So, my opinion, <clears throat> I could be completely wrong. I don't know if anybody agrees with me. I think. This can be tied into, I think it's a Bilbo Baggins type of thing, but also they leave it open for interpretation here. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think you're you're wrong with either way that you believe. I think that this possibly could have happened, and Joshua wrote the book because I mean Clive does revive him at the end of the at the end of the game. Um, but with that being said, it. The ending makes you wonder because there's two boys playing with a dog and they both look like Josh and Clive. Yeah. So it makes you wonder if this is kind of like, you know, the whole adage history repeats itself kind of thing. 
especially when it comes to like myths and legends and shit like that. So I think it's kind of like that, personally. So it's like a it's a circle. It's like a circle. So maybe not necessarily. Like I'll use this as an example. In Game of Thrones, they mention that winter is coming for eight eight seasons. Series. Eight, eight seasons, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, winter came and it lasted like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so but the way they say it is snow there used everywhere be, there used to be like winter had come way before that like hundreds of years ago right yeah they, the like they tease all that so yeah i think that plays into this this story as well where history repeats itself it may not be an exact one-to-one replica like josh and clive in this incident when they're little boys they're not you know, princes and some royalty or shit like that. Now they're two, I'll just say peasants or some shit like that, right? Uh, so it's going to be different circumstances, but the same story is going to play out again. What do y'all think? My opinion on that is, did he reincarnate himself and his brother? With, you know, obviously no memories. What makes you think that? I mean, they both looked the same and he had the power to do so does he have the power does he have the power to do he, that he, he didn't take, to take every yeah. pawn of shit yeah What'd i mean say? he did actually he enveloped ultima for a little bit so the, i mean he, he, he technically powers. had the power to create and destroy for like 10 seconds so it could have been something he lined up but my only counter to that would be I don't think he would have thought to do that because he didn't realize that Ultima's power would damage him the way it did. Because remember when he realized that he was like, oh, I guess I can't handle it. But I guess at, at that particular instant, he might could have thought, well, if this is going to kill me, I can have a contingency plan, maybe. I mean, he did look at Joshua before all this stuff happened. I mean, quick glimpse at him as, you know, lifeless body. Right. Maybe that would hit him quickly and then it wouldn't have been hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think they did a pretty good job of leaving a thousand questions because they can either they can either Final Fantasy it and leave it at that, or they can do what they've done on a rare occurrence and actually give us a sequel and explain it. So I don't know. DLC. I think it's completely open for interpretation. Well, they're saying there's not gonna be DLC, right? Um, I, mean, I thought they I thought they had announced that there was DLC. They just I hadn't started there was it. A rumor. Store. Oh. Hmm. Well, maybe. Yeah, I think what I they had know. said was, uh, yeah, we don't mind DLC, but we wanted to see what everybody's reaction to the game was before we oh, started. Like they didn't know. Like they're definitely gonna do it now. So okay. So that begs a question: like, where do they go with the DLC? That I mean, that's a to me. And they have a lot of fillers. There's a lot of unquestions that were unanswered. They I mean, they fill in. do they do it post sixteen story DLC? Or do I, I don't do think Josh they do it. I, I think they pick. I think they pick a little side mission, a chunk of the game, and say, "Hey, let's just divert." Like, "Hey, this actually happened while this was going on." You know, they they weren't. I don't know, fighting Barnabas at this time. They they went somewhere else for, for a few minutes. I don't know, some shit like that. I, 
I think it just depends on if they want to ever make it a se- make a sequel or not. Because if I'm never going to get a sequel, I don't think Clive died. Because in the final cutscene, his hand had turned to stone, but the rest of his body never had. So I'm not saying he survived, and I'm not saying he died. I'm just saying there's no definitive proof that he died. So if they're going to try to figure out a way, since Joshua returned and Clive may or may not be dead, I want to play as Jill with Torgal by my side to go find them both and figure out what the hell happened if there's anything I can do to undo it. You know, if I'm going to get a sequel where Jill starts off as the protagonist, fine. Give me a Barnabas side mission in the DLC. What the fuck ever. But if this is actually the end of the story, I better get closure. Speaking of that, I would like to know what happened to Jill and Josh after the battle Rosaria, or a.k.a. Winterfell. Because Clyde thought, obviously Clyde thought both of them were dead, but Jill Yeah, I want to see it, though. I know she became a slave and all that shit um, and developed uh, her Ice Witch powers, but I don't know. I think that'll be a good deal. See the the backstory. (laughs) Chris, to your point, I think that'd be very interesting to do the DLC, but they go look for Clive. If, yeah, if, yeah. if I'm never going to get a sequel, then that would be my first hope for it. But to so Eric's he, point, I also wouldn't mind getting getting some closure on what happened in that eight-year time skip. You know, that would be kind of cool. I don't know how far they could take it because you know how it ends. That's kind of the problem you have when you run into time skip missions. Like, you, you can't change where they're at eight years from now, so all you can do is write the story that got them there. But be cool to see. Because, like... Um, I forgot the, their fucking name, but you meet them in the desert. Uh, the people who were protecting no, nothing um, that happens in the desert is important. No, <laughs> and nobody in the desert is important. Fuck the, the pe- desert. No, you know, um, the guys who were protecting uh, Joshua. Well, you no, know who the, I'm talking um, about? the undying. Yes, the Undying. I don't know. Maybe they'll make a DLC of showing how they protected him or some shit like that. Or Joshua's perspective of the whole thing. That too. I mean, we had the story because in Clyde's there's a lot perspective. Behind that. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. We had we've had the story, the main stories in Clyde's perspective. You know, why not make a DLC in Joshua's perspective? Because you could pick up from where he died. Yeah. Before. Mm-hmm. Okay, who has Square Enix on speed dial? Let's uh, give him a call. No, Matt. So, Chris, Chris, you mentioned something a second ago about how you think Clive is alive. I want to counter that, and this is why I don't think he's alive. And I rewatched the scene looking at the top moments uh, of the game, and it's the Clive and Jill goodbye sequence right before they go off for the final battle. It's the first time that Clive says... I love you, or either of them say, I love you to each other. And they do the whole Star Wars, uh, I love you, I know. And when he says, I love you to her, she looks at, or let me phrase that, let me back up a little bit. He says, I'm coming back, I promise. And she kind of looks at him, and there's like a few second gap, and she starts crying. To me, going back and looking at that now, after I know what happens in the game, it's like she knows he's not coming back. And then she cries. She... He says, I love you. He says, I love you. She says, I know. I love you. 
I wonder if uh, she got pregnant with him too. Oh, she got pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah, she one hundred percent got pregnant. <laughs> Not only did he just take her powers, but he he, he gave him back. You have to give. He gave him back. He gave him back. <laughs> yeah, ah, uh, that would be a, a nice like cherry on it, honestly. If that is how they decide to play it out, but I've I've seen I've seen Squeenix do this. They 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 do tend to pander to fans when the need arises and. Think about the ending of Final Fantasy X when Titus and Yuna had that exact same moment and then Titus jumped off the airship never to be seen again. It took an entire sequel and you had to get the perfect ending. He still came back. That's fair. I, I'm kind of hoping he's I mean, not. I kind of hope he doesn't. I, I like the way it ended. I have no issue with it because they left it open. Mm. I mean, if if again... In that scene, if he had completely turned to stone and then just molded into the sand, okay, fine. He's dead. Let him be dead. But since they left it open, I really don't have issue with it either way. Well, the whole also origin just completely got blitherated. So, like, I don't know how the fuck anyone survived that shit. You don't see him coming out of origin like the Death Star. So you just assume that he just died, you know, just based on the explosion, uh, regardless. Hold my beer, watch this. Full <laughs> <Sweet>. eat. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's just weird how they framed that, that scene before they left. It, it was... Foreshadowing was good. Oh, there was foreshadowing. <laughs> and yeah. to me, to me, the entire game, and this is one of the things, uh, this is Maybe a complaint of the game that I have. I needed, and by needed, I mean I wanted very badly more Jill and Clive moments. Yeah, you kind of got the vibes that they were like, bro, y'all, y'all, y'all just need to fuck. Like up until the moment that they actually did, like, bro, y'all, y'all need to bang this out real quick because there's so much sexual tension between you two. It's not even fucking funny. You cut <laughs> it with a spoon. <laughs> and I, I wanted more of that. So I guess not necessarily it's a, a bad thing of the game. It's just I enjoyed that love story so much that I kind of wish there was more of it. And hell, maybe they can explore that in the, in the DLC. I, I I don't know how you do that unless you can play, like if you bought the game later, you can play through it the entire game with the DLC and then continue the story it that way. Uh, to go back, I don't know how I feel about that, but... I really love that love story. And then one of my favorite side quests, probably my favorite side quest, was the Jill and Clive moment in the uh, in the flowers at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best side quests. And it's because it actually matters in the side quest. And that's one of the things that I also have an issue with the game is a lot of the side quests are just fucking stupid. It's just, hey, go here, grab this, or go here, kill this monster. And that's that's all they are. Right, they don't really matter to the overall story, uh, but that one does. When those so. those those side quests with specifically just Clive and Jill are kind of what leads me to believe that he didn't die and she's gonna find him at some point because even when they were and not the one with the flowers but the other one when they were standing by the lake, like two two or three chapters before that, when you did a one on one side mission with her, all they talk about is what they're gonna do after. And what life is going to be like after. 
So to me, it just seems like that is a lot of buildup to just completely take it away. Like, could it be shock factor? Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't really shocking when he died. Like, if they had had that conversation, if that had been the conversation right before you went to fight Ultima and then he died in the next battle, like, if that had been the last thing they ever discussed, like, all right, I get shock factor for that. But it was a more of a slow burn for the last 15 to 20 hours. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to dissect the writing because if, if I was going to permanently kill him, I don't think that's how I would have built their relationship up to do it. I think it would have been more more automatic and explosive before the bomb went off. Yeah, their love story was very quick once it was out and about for him to die. Like you had the build up and then they pretty much the explosion of it and then he died. They were at the, they're not even at the peak of their love yet. And he died. Allegedly. Oh, she was at the peak. <laughs> no, no. She went to the top of the mountain, sir. <laughs> Hence the peak. <laughs> Wonder if they climb. It's a, it's a hill, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little maybe he lieutenant, Maybe he's like Lieutenant Danit. Like he's got no limbs. Because <laughs> all the fucking rock shit. He ain't got no legs. And there's no magic, so he's in a wheelchair. All right. So let's run through our top five moments, okay? We're just going to, one at a time, like Christian, you'll name your top five, and then Chris, you can name your top five, and then Eric, you can name your top five. All right, because we still have to get through the uh, Game of Thrones and then our uh, closing segments uh, as well and loadouts. So, Christian, what are your uh, top five moments, man? So... My top five definitely going to have. I don't have really a particular order, except for one, obviously. So I'm gonna go with one first, obviously, because the thing. Uh, my top with Titan fight, mm, Chef's kiss. Yep, that was just fantastic. The score was fantastic. The little little man child running around in the dude's arms, still whipping ass. <laughs> Um, that was a good fight. Then the Dion, obviously, when he tried to k- kill his little brother, you know, but I think his spear should have gone to the more right and killed <laughs> old girl. <Wait>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just you really fucking hated her. her. <laughs> I hate her so much. She's pretty hateable, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> like instantaneous hate, just how she treated everyone, and. Yeah, so she, she that that she should have died. Um, then when she died, obviously was on there. I got robbed from it, but she still died, which was fantastic. Um, the Dion Joshua Clive fight when they're in their uh, ultimate form when they fused. Ooh, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, six to midnight. Yeah, so good. Um, my last one. So many. I'm gonna go ahead and say the fucking Moogle. He is my like, favorite character. <laughs> He's a fat, cuddly motherfucker. Yeah, you're not wrong. Take him home. 
Asian looking motherfucker over there. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Um, tie the fight was uh, like I agree with Christian. That was probably the best thing ever in the fucking game. Just a whole size comparison. Um, Efreet looks like a fucking ant compared to Titan. That was like the most difficult fight I actually had. I actually died a couple of times. Um, the I mean, I can understand one... dying to listen to the music some more, <clears throat> but yeah, other than that, no, like I, 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 got, I kept fucking up on the um, the cinematics, so I would think I was thinking that it was going to be, I think, R1. I mean, and then it was actually, (laughs) yeah, and it was, I I kept getting like, oh shit. Um, (laughs) He's like, oh God, God, it's right there. (laughs) I was quick. I was quick to the draw, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Um, my next one and like, this is ain't in any fucking order was the first uh, battle of Phoenix gate. You know the opening battle that that's what set the game apart for me. I was like, okay. After that, I was like, I'm going fit complete, completely uh, play this game. Um, the 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 Baramu fight. I can't pronounce the fucking name. When Bahamut? like J- Bahamut, yeah, Muhammad, Bahamut, whatever. <laughs> Close. Oh, <laughs> that fight with um him, Josh, and. Clive fusing together, becoming Vegito, and uh, kicking his ass. Um, the other, <laughs> the other one, um, who was it? the The first fight when, uh, right before, right before Joshua had a segment of Ultima. What's the guy's name? That that battle. What was it? The Barnabas fight. No, the that's one of my shit, but no, uh, the ugly looking dude that doesn't narrow down. Narrow down. But they, I don't know, <laughs> I can't remember his fucking name, but that you, like, you, you right, talking about the, the, the right before uh Barnabas shows up, yeah. Uh, that was the guy like, that was one of the bad guys that you you saw like 10 seconds of, and it was like, oh, he'd be a pretty good villain if you you know had him throughout the entire game. No, but you didn't, you just pulled him in for like 10 the, seconds. No, it's the first Mother Crystal fight. That one. Oh. Uh, where, he, where he throws the uh, where Clive's I'm not Clive. Yeah, what what Sid throws a spear, and the the monster looking dude was like, oh fuck. I have no idea, dude. Ah, I can't. I'm, anyway. I'm blanking, man. Sorry, I'm blanking on that. I, I can't um, say it's the top five if we don't remember it. Ah, I remember it. <laughs> I text someone about it anyway. Um. Yeah, the Barnabas fight was awesome. Um, and just, what was it? Last one, the whole um, cutscene with when you first see Odin and uh, Baramu in that opening segment, we see this, the mass size of Odin with the horse, and mm-hmm. that yeah, shit that was, was awesome sweet. too. Odin was huge. Yeah. Bro. He was massive. He can change sizes. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, all right, just five, five that I could pick out. Like I said, this was hard. <laughs> the the literal opening sequence when 
you fight as Ifrit versus the Phoenix. Um, that wasn't one of the best cinematic icon fights throughout the course of the game, but to not have played it, not have looked up anything on the internet, to know nothing about it, and then to put the game into my PlayStation, turn it on, and that be the first thing I do, it blew my mind. I was just automatically like, yep, I'm about to play the shit out of this for however long it takes. Right. 100% invested right out of the gate. Um, Jill's Revenge. You got, a, you got a decent amount of Jill up until that particular chapter, but when you finally got there and you found the crooked-ass priest dude and then you saw just how much she hated him and you learned why, watching her finally make her peace and do what the hell she knew she had to do, that was impeccable. That, that whole scene to me was just fantastic. The fight was fun, too. Um, in the last fight with Ultima, not the whole fight, I mean, the whole fight was good, but the part that stood out to me the most and hit home the hardest with the plot and the story, everything that was going on, is when you got him, I think it was halfway through the second phase, when he started trying to use icon abilities against you, and the badass that Clive was at that point, literally all he did was use the same icon ability in rebuttal and do it better. I was just like, that is chef's kiss to how this whole game has gone so far. Fuck this fun. guy for trying to blow up the world. You can't even do it the way you want to. It was phenomenal. Specifically when you used Titan versus Titan. That little 10 second clip was just dope. I was like, man, that's so good. Um, Dion's Sacrifice. Like I said, Dion was one of my favorite characters in the whole game. Loved his arc. I loved the evolution of his personality. And just the way it all came to a head when it was a 3v1 battle and he knew the only way that it could be a 2v1 battle is if he eliminated himself and the way he did it, never gave up, took it like a champ, and honestly, honestly, hurt Ultima pretty good in the process. It's almost like they framed it as it wasn't just a sacrifice to get Clive and Joshua out of the shit for just a few minutes so they could regroup, but is they almost kind of framed it in the sense that Clive would have never beaten Ultima had Dion not done that to begin with because he was already kind of weakened. So loved it. Awesome cinematic. And but then my all-time favorite, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion because it wasn't even a huge part of the game, but I just personally love the scene so much. When Kupka has Jill and you meet up with Gav and then you look over to the side and you see Torgal and you're all in the courtyard in Rosaria and then Clive gives Torgal the nod, and Torgal just runs across the courtyard, jumps like 100 feet in the air, and, like, triple Pokemon evolves into this <laughs> fucking hellhound that's, like, covered in ice. I was, dude, I was 6 to midnight. I had to pause it and excuse myself for a few minutes. I was just like, man, I can't. I can't with this. So good. Hot. Yeah, it was so hot. Torgal's my dude, too, man. Torgal is ultimately, I mean... Ghost was the best part about Game of Thrones, so to me, Torgal's probably the best part about this game. I agree with that. And 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 then learning the lore when you talk to Tomes after the fact as to why Torgal did that and how his connection to Clive and Jill is much deeper than you ever thought. He's not just their dog. He's like pretty much their, their spiritual pet, too. It was just right. cool. Really well, good writing. A Norse god. So I looked right. it up. It's, it's Typhon. That's the guy. That's the boss. Oh, the Typhon fight. Yeah, that one was yes. cool. Yeah, that one was cool. When he did those wall things and you had to dash side to side to back and forth. Yes. That was a lot of fun. So my five 
And um, for these are somewhat in order. Uh, that is the finale. It is the Final Fantasy 16 gang icon ability finale where Clive is dealing the final blows to to Ultima and it summons the uh, the voice actors from the actual icons. Mm-hmm. So Sid shows up, Jill shows up, Dion, all of them like throwing like words of encouragement and shit like that. To me, that was like, bro, if this, th- this feels like Dragon Ball Z to me and it's fucking just great. It, it reminded me of like the, uh, the father Kamehameha way, the father son Kamehameha, which oh, yeah, by yeah. the way, when, when uh, Bahamut does his uh, Giga Flare, bro, if that's yeah. not Kamehameha wave, I don't fucking know what is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Uh, number Show four. Is. Clive versus Kuka, the entire goddamn thing, man. The the first fight and the second fight, the whole goddamn thing uh, is just so damn good. And the best part was Kuka goes in to hit him with the uh, the Titan ability. And and Clive just cuts his arms off, and I was like, "Bro, what the fuck?" <laughs> and then you realize, style. and the best part is, you were kind of expecting the fight to end there, and Kuka is just so fucking defeated at that point that he he you know he he's able to run away, but it, that whole scene was just so good. I was not expecting him to cut off the arms and just completely just demolish the morale of of kuka at that point uh number three clive confronts annabella that's when he finally talks to her about how she betrayed them and that's also when uh the youngest son gets killed that's when she kills herself and clive does like this fucking dope ass thing where he's like I'm going to save everybody. And he just walks out the fucking door and turns into uh, Ifrit when Bahamut is doing the Giga Flare to them. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, so fucking cool. So fucking cool. Yes, I do. Uh, number two, the Clive and Jill sex scene. So good. So fucking good. That You have been kind of waiting for that the entire... Wait, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. But... Oh, it was coming. So did she. So did you. <laughs> You've been waiting for that moment the entire game, and that came right after Odin split the sea, which was fucking dope. That was fucking dope. I was like, this dude just split the fucking sea. That was awesome. Uh, and number one, and I cannot believe none of y'all fucking mentioned this, so I'm highly disappointed in y'all, but also great that I'm the one that gets to bring it up. And that is the I accept the truth sequence when he goes and first accepts the fact that he's Efreet oh, and he fights yeah, no, no, a Shadow it, Clive. It was on here. It's up there. It was on here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bro, the the cinematics and then the music. The music was to me that is the best the music ever was in that game. And it's it's 10 out of 10 phenomenal in that whole sequence. It's when he accepts the truth and it has that bombastic almost kind of like opera style uh orchestra going on and he summons Ifrit and it's just just chef's kiss that that to me was the best moment in the entire game uh some others that I wanted to talk about sir 
Um, we got the uh, I'm probably saying this wrong. Go fuck yourselves if I do. Uh, the Savrog Hunt, you know, the big ass fucking dragon. Mm-hmm. It was like it was the mm-hmm. uh, S class tier one. Uh, that I accidentally ran into him. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, that that was such a good fight. It had me on the edge of my fucking seat. That dude was tough. He was real tough. He killed me one time. Just because of his last little final attack, I didn't see it coming, and I was way under-leveled. He was like a suggested level 50, and I think I rolled up in there at like 41. Just got... <laughs> Just got, got the pipe lead. Got the pipe lead. <laughs> um, also, just a couple of funny moments in the game. One is the uh, Mind's Bigger, when Clive says to Sid, when he goes and destroys the first Mother Crystal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Sid straight up says, I meant figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> uh and then also the uh it was the the moment that Odin showed up with him and Gav in the courtyard, and Gav's just like, Oh fuck. I was like, Oh yeah, oh. that was cool. <laughs> what what is it, man? What is it? And it shows Odin. I'm like, and then you're also like, oh fuck, dude. Uh Let's see, Odin splits the sea. Uh, the G- the Clive and Jill, I love you scene was was really fucking good. Uh, Maj- Majin Dion was great. Uh, yeah, just a lot of this game, man, just had just moment after moment. It was just so fucking good. Except the desert scene, nothing fucking happened. Good. Nothing good <laughs> in the game happened there. Oh uh, but I digress. So, right, not, so let's, not, a fa- not a fan of the desert then. I fucking no, nope. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Word. Got it. <laughs> nope. Not whatsoever. All right. Let's jump into the uh, Game of Thrones influences. Clive. Jon Snow, right? Can I take yeah. this one? Go ahead. All right. Yes. Younger brother who goes from absolutely non essential to making a world changing difference. Wears black at all times. Ever so often coats it with red to honor his family. Father gets decapitated less than two hours into the game. He's an outcast in his own family because his mother views him differently than his sibling. Uh, Gets shipped off to fight for an army that he never probably would have fought for otherwise. And has a dire wolf. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Like, that's... (laughs) I don't think you missed anything. Now, the the great thing about that is uh, Final Fantasy 16 didn't bamboozle us at the very fucking end and make someone else kill Ultima. Yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> but he carried um, Arya's revenge plot for the entirety of the game, so honestly, kind of did. Like, <clears throat> It was technically the same character, but it was based off of the character that we got bamboozled with. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, Joshua is Brandon Stark. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Elwin is Ned, Ned Stark. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Annabella. Cersei. I, I, I was originally thinking Cersei the entire game, okay? But someone said Catelyn Stark as well because, put, of, how, yeah. because of how she views um, Clive. I was like, well, yeah, oh, yeah. I, 
Well, I yeah. put her as 50-50 between both because her, um, her relationship to her children is kind of like Catelyn, but, I mean, she's just a manipulative cunt like Cersei, so I, I just put both. Not, I mean, just a speck of Catelyn because Catelyn, yeah, the whole Joshua uh, Jon Snow thing, but she loved Ned. She would never portray her family like that at all. So that's why I'm leaning more like 99.9 of Cersei and that 0.1% of Catelyn Stark just because of how she views uh, Clive compared to how Catelyn views um, John. Yeah. No argument. Yeah. Uh, Jill is the on. Sucks so bad, too, because I hate Theon so fucking much, man. Like, but she is. <laughs> Especially towards the uh, end of Game of Thrones. They're similar. Am I right? Yeah. hey <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you got that. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Uh, Christian, for, for the guy who hasn't watched Game of Thrones, Theon gets his dick cut off in, in the show. <laughs> hmm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And this is way before that was a cool thing to do. All right. So. And then uh, what's that dude? He just he does this with the fucking wiener. Ramsey. Ramsey bolted. Uh, and Ultima is the Night King meets Vecna. I I was getting huge Vecna vibes throughout. It was it was mainly the eeriness of like the voice acting and whatnot that yeah. kind of gave me the Vecna vibes. I actually um, thought I had to look it up uh, to see if it was the same dude who did the voice for Vecna. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. It, it makes me want to rewatch uh, the last season of Stranger Things again. But the Night King. Now, I will say this. At least, you know, in Game of Thrones, they teased it for, for eight, no, as actually long, eight years, considering how long the seasons were, how, how many years were in between each season. But they tease that the Night King was the ultimate, uh, the overarching villain. That was what we were leading to. And I, I appreciate that the, the developers and the creators, they, te- they, didn't, they didn't bring it right out the gate. You know, you thought it was going to be uh, Annabella, uh, Kupka, maybe Barnabas at the very beginning, which is, I want to get to Barnabas in just a second. But then they started teasing Ultima, and you're like, "Oh wait, no, this is this is the Night King. This is the the overarching villain." And they actually kept that storyline to the very end, and he was the final boss. And I think that was one of the best things about it in comparison to Game of Thrones, where they said, "Ah, uh, no, we're just gonna kill him." You know, episode one. <laughs> but Barnabas, and I, I mentioned this to Chris, I kind of wish. There was more Barnabas because Barnabas was so fucking he was such a fucking badass throughout the entire game. We didn't get him until what? It it was probably not two thirds of the game, but it, it was like towards the end of the game. And we get like little segments of him here and there. And he, like between the voice acting and then just all the cutscenes that he was in, he was just so awesome to me. And he was one I of the very like... few characters in the game that was his own character. Like he didn't seem to be based off somebody. Like it's like they wrote Barnabas for Final Fantasy 16. Agreed. And it's like, oh man, I kind of wish because up until the moment, because you see a little bit of him at the very beginning of the game, but up until he starts showing himself, you're like, 
okay. Like, yeah, he's here. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck this is. I, I wish they would have brought him in, just like sprinkled him in at the very beginning to to kind of well, make it yeah. not so jarring. The only two things you knew about him for the first 30 hours of the game is that he is Odin and he has mommy issues. Yeah. Which is cool. I was, you know, whatever. You're going to build somebody psychologically like that, but 30 hours seemed a little extreme for me to be learning his backstory. I'm with you. I think that's one of the weakest aspects of the story. The overall story is they should just mm-hmm. sprinkle him in just a little bit more uh, to make it a little bit more effective. Uh, anybody else have any more uh, Game of Thrones uh, references? Um, yeah, so I noticed, um, not Gaz, the the big guy. What's his fucking name? Goots and Hodor? Yes, Goots and <laughs> <Yeah>. Hodor. <laughs> Goots and Hodor. Carbon copy. Carbon copy. Just... <laughs> uh, um, so Ga- Tom, Tom is a mice, uh, meister from... Um, I know God damn it. Out. From the Citadel. King's Landing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to see, trying to figure out who the hell would be Sam. And I'm, I'm what's Gav? It's Gaz. Yeah. yeah. I, I figured that. Um, and just like even the the towns, like obviously Rosaria is Winterfell because they want to they want to do their own thing. They don't want to be part, you know, the you know, they want to be part of the kingdom, but they want to still be like neutral and all that shit. Um, what's the the free town where uh, all the scholars go? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember um, that one. <laughs> you're you're dropping the ball on this, sir. Yeah, I know. I'm fucking it up. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Never mind. Let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you, you're, I, I agree 100% about Gab and Sam because Gab always does his own thing to help behind the scenes, just like Sam, even though you wouldn't think he would be that helpful looking at what he had to do. But there was even a new woman that he was interested in with a baby who he clearly wants to adopt. So not yeah. only is there Gab and Sam, but there's also Etta and Tilly. You know, like just mirror, mirror reflection. Who would Sid be? Uh, like, he might be one of the only other ones that's one of his own too. I thought about well, that, and I really couldn't put a good. The only person I can think is um, Rob. Maybe Tyrion. I I, I, don't know. I was maybe a Tyrion mixed with Rob Stark because Sid is like a brother to Clive, mm-hmm. and then he dies. I mean, he doesn't. So how Dion is obviously like y'all said was um Kinslayer. Yeah, Jamie. Um I couldn't figure out who was a t- like who's like a main Tyrion. And I was also trying to you know figure out who Arya and uh Sansa was. Um I don't think there was enough female actors female yeah. uh, characters in the game to even have those. Yeah, I think they just left Sansa completely out of it. I think they rolled Arya as a main arc under Clive because it was just all based on revenge. That's the best thing I could come up with. And they could probably 
they could probably roll in uh Sansa into um Jill's arc as well. Yeah, considering she had it with the uh yeah. the priest. True that. Do y'all feel like Kupta was more like the mountain? Uh I mean the mountain really didn't have a personality. <laughs> Wait, was was the mountain actually a character, honestly? Quote unquote. Like Kuka was a lot, uh, was a lot better of a character than the mountain ever was. They were both huge as if. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> but Kuka's personality, yeah, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't know. I, of course, I would have to go back. I'm sure if I went back and watched Game of Thrones again, it's been like four years since the disaster happened. But if I went back and watched it again, I'm sure we could pick out probably half a dozen more. I mean, yep. I mean, Ballastia is Westeros. So there's oh, yeah. a character for a character, you know. Let's jump into our uh, loadouts real quick, uh, Chris. All right, yeah. So <clears throat> I always started out as the Phoenix, but I had changed the with, with all three of them. They've got you know different abilities, but I used starting with Phoenix. I would go into a fight with Diamond Dust and Aerial Blast. You launch Aerial Blast first, whether it's one boss or multiple enemies, just launches everybody up in the air, and they're vulnerable for a solid, like, 20 seconds. And Diamond Dust is probably probably the most underrated icon ability that I used, because... So fucking good. It, dude, it, it freezes everybody that it touches, and it does so much, um... Oh, what's it called? Getting that bar St down? Stagger damage. Yeah, stagger damage. It does just obliterates people with stagger damage. So between Aerial Blast and Diamond Dust, people are usually staggered, so I immediately shuffle over to Bahamut. I launch Flames of Rebirth that I had leveled up all the way just for damage, and I couple that with Giga Flare while the stagger bar is going down, and generally health is halfway down at this point. It, if there were any normal, normal enemies fortunate enough to survive, the map is clean. But for bosses, this is the loadout always used. And then I like to use Shiva as my third because it's kind of like Phoenix Shift, but you can make it multi-directional. So if you need to dodge, it's better than Phoenix Shift because rather than get you in trouble, you can actually run if you need to. But I and, just kept both of... Mm -hmm. And it freezes them if you uh, do a precision dodge. Yes, and if, 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 if you hit them, it'll freeze them. But if you leave an ice trail and then they walk over it, it freezes them as well. So you can literally just dodge in a zigzag formation when you know they're coming at you. Very useful. Mm -hmm. But on Shiva, I would couple Pile Drive and Judgment Bolt just because their Judgment Bolt is just damage on damage on damage. But Pile Drive is both good for stagger and damage. So I didn't even I, – I didn't really like the Titan or Barnabas's abilities, to be honest with you. And that's a pretty unpopular opinion, but they just didn't go with my play style. So, so talking about Titan and Barnabas for a second. And I agree with Barnabas. Um, while his move set looked really cool, um, I'm not a dexterity build kind of guy. Like, if you go to, like, Dark Souls and all that, I'm not a, hey, I want to slash him as many times as possible and builds up damage like that. Uh, I'm not. I, I want to hit I want to hit him, like, five times, and I want him to be motherfucking dead. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm a strength build all the way through kind of player. So... Didn't really play with Barnabas, his uh, icon ability for for too long. Titan, on the other hand, when you start getting to the point where uh, 
you could start blocking with it, and then you could start doing a little counter block as well, where you could hit him back. Right. Um, great, great counter ability. And then what was the name of the uh, Earthen Fury? Um, that was one of my loadouts as well. That yeah, that quite. ability just <clears throat> demolished large groups of people. Um, I, I prefer the AOE style attacks like Diamond Dust, Earthen Fury, um, Flames of Rebirth was always a staple in my loadout. Uh, it's so it, strong. It's so strong, especially when you when you uh, upgrade when it. When you upgrade it, yeah, yeah, the max upgrade. It it looks like he w- goes Kyle Ken times a hundred. To be honest, yes. It yes. does. And dude, the just the, the coupling of frame, flames of rebirth immediately with Giga Flare coming behind it, dude. It was just it was map decimation. Yes. I would always use Giga Flare Giga Flare last because then mm-hmm. I would have I would have my uh my attack bonus built up to one point five at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would just shred HP. It would just shred them. You could just watch the bar. Just... <laughs> Yes, it was. Uh, so I would hit him with diamond dust, and I would, uh, like you said, pretty much knock out their entire stagger bar just with that, or a good chunk of it, any- anyways. And um, I would do that. The rock fist, I forget the name of it. Um, I had that for a good portion of the game, and then I turned it into the. Uh, it's a similar one where you hold it down and then you do the ice move. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I forget what that's called as well. Uh, I changed it Mesmerize? to that. Uh, I don't think I it think was Mesmerize. I, I think it was the other one that you have. Um, but Shiva, I exclusively played with that with that icon because of the zigzag ability, and you could freeze them, permafrost them, and then you can get some hit on them when they're they're frozen. Uh, I thought that was a broken icon ability, to be honest with you. And uh, that's about it. I, di- I didn't play with. While I liked Bahamut's uh, quick attack, it just took too long to to summon the fucking rain down. <laughs> it it wasn't worth it. Yeah. To me, so well, I kept Bahamut equipped just because I I never got to the point before I completed the game where I could fully upgrade Giga Flare, so I had to have him in there anyway. But I did find while I was forced to use him that 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 that's actually very easy to charge if you're fighting like a Dex enemy that just wants to just yep. jab you in the face a hundred times because you can quick dodge four attacks in like three seconds, you know. Yep. So I would never use it other than that scenario because I wasn't about to just float around the map for forty five seconds waiting on the freaking counter to charge up. But if I knew it was somebody that I could dodge, I mean, because it did rain straight up hellfire and damage out if you could get it to that four. But again, probably wouldn't have used it if I would have fully upgraded Giga Flare. So I feel you. It, it took what eight thousand to get it up to that. Yeah, or seventy six hundred, I think, or something like that. I I got it up to that, but when you if if you go that route, you're just not getting everything else. Right. Uh, <laughs> so just y'all keep that in mind when you when you decide what you're going with. Uh, Christian, what about you, sir? Ooh. <clears throat> The just difference between everybody's stuff is fantastic, isn't it? Though so, the versatility, <laughs> yeah. I had Phoenix, obviously. Titan and Odin were my main three. Um, I used Scarlet Cyclone, oh. Rising Flames, 
uh, Earth and Fury, uh, Pile Drive, Thunderstorm, and Rook's Gambit out of the uh, Garuda. So I would constantly stagger mm-hmm. um, everything so I could do double damage. Which was fantastic. Rook's Gambit was really good uh, early on. Really good early on. And Is that the one that lifted him as you swiped him? Yeah. No, or was yes. that just the one that was like that was cat scratches that... to the face that hit the stagger bar? That hit the, scat- the scratch. Yeah, that, that one. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that one was very good. Which I think if I when I go back to New Game Plus, I'm going to incorporate that more in my place in, in my playstyle. One because I need to. I didn't do much aerial combat in the game. I, I've that's not the 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 playstyle I was kind of going for this time around. But uh, if you do that, the Garuda icon, you can do more of the uh, the aerial combat. When it's Which interesting I, too. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I did not mention Judgment Bolt a minute ago, bro. Judgment Bolt is furious. <laughs> Diamond yeah. Dust, Judgment Bolt, Flames of Rebirth, back to back to back. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's, I, I definitely kept it on here. It was odd because I completely upgraded Pile Drive and Judgment Bolt, but I put them on Shiva. I had to completely upgrade them because I didn't want Ramu's shitty ability in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> But if you experiment with the aerial combat, I'm telling you, man, upgrade aerial blast because it launches literally everybody, and you can literally just watch them all fly around in a cyclone and pick the enemy that you want to hone in on in combo. Now, it won't lift up a boss, but it'll continuously damage them and hit their stagger bar down, though. But just regular enemies, they'll fucking launch them like 40 feet in the air. Early on in the game, I would have that. So I would stagger them. I would throw on aerial blast. So it's doing continuous damage, and then I would mm-hmm. go into my uh, my other icon abilities as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a great move. What about you, Eric? So I'm surprised um, no one mentioned this. So obviously, Phoenix, uh, Flame of Rebirth, Kaioken times a hundred. Um, I really enjoyed using Will of Wisp, especially with the. Um, the annoying creatures like scorpions and all that shit where they try like come around you. So you activate will of wisp and whatever that's in your bubble gets completely burned because it's just balls of fire just keeps constantly hitting them. Um, I like to activate that also when I stagger a boss or um, one of the, the hunter monsters because you know, you activate flame of rebirth and will of wisp right after you get uh, I, I forgot the technical name but when you go super saiyan so you're just like uh-huh that's how i was able to get to uh get the 50,000 um stagger po- achievement too cuz i find i was able to do that combo um i tried the um, Bar- uh, baruga i don't know i, I guess it's not worth my playstyle um, I've tried uh, Baramu. I mean, I, the ones that I really enjoy is Odin, especially with the Dark Sword. Um, especially when you uh, you unsheath it and you keep hitting them and you load up the counter and it just completely goes. Um, that super move mm-hmm. where 
it just com- completely slashes uh, like the bad guy. like or some shit like that? Yeah, that shit was like, yeah. oh, fuck, this is off the fucking chain. Well, it's uh, the last one you get, so I had to assume that it was awesome, but I was just never good with it. Like, I, that's one thing I want to do if I play back through it is figure that out and capitalize on it. Well, the issue with that ability too. is you have, you to, have to charge have it up. Out. And, yeah, you have mm-hmm. to charge it up, and then you have to push square. Yeah. For like three and then seconds. Push, yeah, it, to so, me, it's a, it's, a, it's a gameplay issue right there. You have to unsheath the sword to activate the, the ability, and then you have to use the other two abilities to charge up the counter. And then, yeah, you have to hold down square for like a few seconds to... Um, unleash the the power. It still is devastating once you get the hang of it. Um, I try what was the guy the the one that y'all mentioned. Um, I really like him, but I use Titan a lot. Um, I think I was able to upgrade the the Earthquake and Titan Fury. Titan Block got um, took me a while to get used to. Um, are we gonna talk about the rings or we uh also no. No. no? Okay. No. Cause I was gonna mention the one ring that I I used a lot was the the dodging ring and I took it off and I started getting my ass kicked. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I realized, let me put the ring back on and then it got better. So <laughs> that ring of dodging was actually uh, really helpful in the gameplay for me. <clears throat> All right. So uh, let's give out our closing, I guess not arguments, but this isn't like a court case or anything like that, but our closing impressions, uh, you can throw out your pros, cons, uh, and also your final score. Um, and then I have a couple of questions to ask, and then we're going to close it out with our weekly recommendation. Christian? Oh, let's see. Um, my score is probably going to be a nine out of ten. Um, Best Final Fantasy game? There was, yeah. It was like Eric just mentioned about rings. There was rings that you could do mm. attacks, dodge, and you didn't have to do shit. Where was the point in that in the game? Why do you need that? Like, that's what threw me off for a minute because you could keep it through the whole game. You didn't like, oh, reach level 10 and it goes poof, gone. So Hey, Christian, you muted yourself. Hold on. I'm about to say what happened. Having some uh, technical difficulties. I don't know. What oh, the fuck. There we go. There it is. Gotcha. I don't know. I didn't touch anything. So that's myself. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, the game was too easy when you put those on. You could perfect dodge all the time. You can mix attacks without just by pressing square. It was essentially so, auto combat. Correct. So. I could understand. Which one, I, I didn't have that one on there. I mean, I can understand new players to this game, by all means. But like after like level ten, 
this should just disappear not be able to use anymore um the side missions like you said they're pointless except for like a couple they were just tedious back and forth you literally could fast travel everywhere and be done with it um i did enjoy the fighting uh the hunts i'm sorry those were entertaining especially when i wasn't hunting them and they just appeared that was entertaining as too um story is fantastic could have been better every story could be always be better um score was perfect other than that i mean everything was i would play it again is it worth 60 dollars or 70 depending on where you bought it uh i would take 10 dollars off and i would probably buy it i mean obviously i bought it was not the point <laughs> But yeah, it was entertaining. What about you, Eric? My bad, I had to do something. Um, it's but a nine. Get it, put it, give it out of your hand for just five seconds to tell us how you feel about the game. So <laughs> it's a nine. Um, like I said earlier in the segment, this was my second Final Fantasy game, completing the third one I played at the time. Um, I loved it. There's um, it, all the hype was real. I love the the gameplay. I mean, I know y'all have some cr- small criticism about the fighting, and I, I can see it. Um, yeah, the ring dodging made the game easier, but you know what? I'm not here to make it easy. I want to just I'm here for the story. Um, I love the Game of Thrones references, the graphics. The cinematic cutscenes. I know video games have done this before, like especially PlayStation games like God of War, Spider-Man. But the way they Square Enix did this, it felt new and refresh. It, it looked it looked like a movie. It looked like something that could be straight out of a fucking movie. Um, I had no issues with the side quests. There were some side quests that I felt saw found interesting. Um, like the ones in Lost Wing. I wanted to know more about Lost Wing. I wanted to know more about Quinn. I mean, I know that they dive into his backstory. Um, the Hunter's Board, I love that it made you want to play the game more, um, do more exploring and shit. Yeah. Oh, Chris? Uh, yeah, pretty much fully agree, man. Um, I gave it a nine as well. Uh, it's still my second favorite Final Fantasy game. I probably don't have to tell you all what the first is. It was very, very good, but it's got a long way to go to surpass number 10. Um, you're there for the cinematics, first and foremost. We've already talked about that for the last hour and a half to two hours. I mean, they're impeccable. A lot of them are pretty much perfect. The voice acting is on par with anything I've ever played, if not just simply the best. Um, the score, going to spend $40 and buy vinyl just so I can send everybody a nice little picture of it and show you that I have it. Uh, honestly, no major complaints to be, to be honest with you. I mean, the combat could be a little harder. It's not overall, but for some bosses in particular, like I felt like I struggled less with Ultima, the final boss of the game than I did a couple of the creatures on the hunt board. 
Yeah. So I just I feel like the disparity might be a little off with the um how hard some of the fights were, but I, it's really a complaint for me because I still enjoyed it. The combat system was very engaging, and you had the freedom to take a limited character and not necessarily make him unlimited, but put your own personal touch and mold your play style around the abilities that you have to choose from. So overall, I was satisfied with it. Um, a lot of the side quests were fetchy, and that's that's probably the main reason that I... I no game is going to get a perfect 10 for me unless it's a perfect 10, and there's only one of those. But the reason that I dropped it from a 9.5 down to a 9 is probably because of some of the fetchy side quests. But then again, some of the side quests were great, even if they seemed fetchy at first, because they kind of they furthered the relationships with the characters in question and kind of gave you a tighter view and scope of the whole community at the hideaway before the end game. So they kind of they used some of that repetitiveness or repetition and fetch questness fetch questness i guess <laughs> fetchiness i don't know I'll, I'll but anyway <laughs> yeah they used it to kind of bring relationships full circle to set you up the pacing with the side quest is my main issue with the side quest i don't need to go for seven hours and not have a single side quest and then all of a sudden finish one mission and have to break off from the story that I've and reinvested like, myself in. Show, randomly shows up. Like, right, to go do four hours worth of side quests, you know. Like like before uh, you battle Ultima, there was like, what, 15 new side quests just like suddenly 15, appear? Yeah, 12, 13, 14, something like that. It was, just, it was way too many all at once. Now, I get that you had to wrap that story up, but instead of having 30 side quests over the last eight hours of the game, I could have had 30 side quests over the last 20 hours of the game. You know, would have just been paced a little better. But yeah, those are my only two really main complaints. That and I didn't get a trophy when I dropped four hundred thousand dollars unlocking all those orchestrion strong songs. That pissed me off too. But love the game. Same. I would same. <laughs> absolutely so, love the game. I would add something. I forgot to mention about the score. This is probably one of the best scores of a video game I've heard listened to in a long time like i normally don't go on spotify and let me look up uh, so-and-so games you know score or music uh because it was so good i think this was like the first time i've done that since bioshock like this shit is like you're not gonna this the music on this game is one of those scores where you hear it and like that's final fantasy 16 and I've heard that a lot with other Final Fantasy fans. Like, they can tell, oh, hey, that's from Final Fantasy Seven, or you know, that's from that's Ten. Um, mm-hmm. 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 Yep. That no, you're absolutely right. Yep. So I will echo a lot of those sentiments. Um, I do have a few more complaints about the game. Uh, I also give the game a nine out of ten. Uh, the score is absolutely amazing. I will agree with uh, Eric that it is one of the best scores that I've ever heard. I put it up there with Final Fantasy X is really good. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has a fucking great score. Th- and then you sure can name any of, the, any of the Dark Souls games. Uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls and Bloodborne are probably the two best out of uh, the scores. Um, I would put this up there with those. Um 
the combat, while it is simplistic, I, I, I do love it overall. Um, if you equip that one ring where you just push square the entire time, yeah, it's not it's, it's going to feel boring. But uh, I, I never had that because I wanted to do the combos uh, myself and if, to make it more engaging for me. Uh, the respec abilities, I think we haven't even talked about that. The fact that I can go in and respec any oh, ability right. that I wanted oh, yeah. with no cost. It's not mm-hmm. like Dark Souls and Bloodborne where I have to go find this random item and there's only three items in the game and whatever uh if you didn't like that ability you could you it was so easy to just play around and figure out what you wanted to do with your combat uh well so I, I, I really have to appreciate that oh sorry go ahead i'm my bad no go ahead i'm done well i just had a I had a point about the respect thing i wondered while i was doing it if that's something that they initially planned to allow us to do or if they they let people test the game and then realized how much unlocking one particular icon going from three to four or from four to five changes the loadout that you want to use all together because it wasn't just, Ooh, now I have these new abilities. It's I've already invested 4,000 points in this ability, but now it's useless because this one's the same thing, but better, you know? So I've all, I wondered while I was actually playing, if this is something that I, I was originally supposed to be able to do, or did they just go back and add it as kind of like a freebie gift? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but every game needs to be like that now. Yeah, it does. It truly does. I think every game uh, needs to have a certain cinematic uh, sequence like that too. Cinematic I can argue like with that, that either. What you mean? But like, the, like during the fights. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the enemy variety, I think, is it's, it's decent. I, mean, I think they gave you enough different enemies to kind of carry you throughout the game. I thought all the bosses were were great. Uh, the boss designs were great. Um. My favorite aspect in the entire game, other than like the score and the overall story, which were phenomenal, but the actual favorite gameplay aspect of the game was the uh, the hunt boards. Uh, I had so much fun doing the hunt boards, whether it was me searching for them or me just walking up on them and figuring out if I'm going to get my ass reamed or not. Uh, The hunts were, were great, and they were, for the most part, all unique and they were all difficult in, in some form or fashion. Um, and then the other thing about this game is I personally, I, I've mentioned this to Chris. I think final fantasy 16 has some of the best moments in any game period. And it's just like, even those top five moments, like there's just some other moments that you would consider like some of the top moments in other games, you know? So, like, the Accept the Truth, I think that is one of the best scenes ever put in a video game. Uh, just plain and simple. As far as it being, like, my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time, as of right now, I have it right above Final Fantasy X as my favorite. Um, and that kind of gets into some of the issues with the game uh, for Final Fantasy X and this game. Um, I think the character development of X is significantly better than sixteen significantly better uh you got to know all of those characters very in depth whereas this one you are more in depth with what three three that Mm. yeah um i thought clive's development was absolutely fantastic he goes from like this beaten down guy at the very beginning of the game and he gains some uh some confidence up until the moment that he fights odin and odin just fucking slaughters that confidence and 
eventually he gains that confidence back. So I, I do like the uh, the arc of Clive. But as far as everybody else, Jill, Jill's was pretty good. Um, Dion's was really good. But as far as everybody else, um, there wasn't a whole lot of development there. Quality of life improvements uh, is another issue that I have with the game. I wish that if I selected a hunt, it would mark it on my fucking map. Or it would be into a uh, quest log, which I don't Instead like. Instead of quest. like a puzzle? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't like the quest being on the screen. I want to go I, to a menu and look at my fucking quest, including the hunts. Admit, the hunts, most of them, if I ever run into them accidentally, I looked them up on the internet. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they tell you, for most of them, they tell you where they're at. Uh, they give you a S-class general dude. idea. But mm-hmm. also, you can lost con- I, um, I've noticed you can look at the map and the most desolate looking place on the map where they tell you they are nine out of 10 times. That's where they're going to be because it's like, it looks like a dead end and it just, you could tell like, okay, that looks like where something, a boss, uh, a boss fight would occur. And you, you go, I go there and I'm like, okay, so that's where they are. But, but yeah, most of the time I have to look this shit up on the internet. But yeah, I wish there were more hunt boards. Honestly, I told Chris this. I wish they would have cut out 30% of the uh, side quest and given me 10 or 15 more hunts. Uh, I think that would have been a lot better, a lot more fun for, for the game. I think um, the side quests need to have like character building. Exactly. That's what I think they needed. Yep. Like, make them more engaging. Like, I don't mind some of the side quests. Like, uh, you have, there's, there's like one with Chloe. That's her name. And you end up, she wants you to go find her, uh, her wherever. And you end up finding out that, uh, she calls her like a plaything, and she's turned to stone. And she's like, Uh, now dad's going to have to get me another one. And she's like that. Like that to me, great side quest that explores the the world. The one with the, the father and the son that they get the bearers, uh, and have their wolf dog, uh, hunt them and kill them. Yes. Right. That yeah. was cool too. Like those are good side quests because it, it, it gives you a, a better look into the overall world. Whereas the uh, the other side quests are, are just terrible. When the um, doctor's like, hey, I need this one particular flower that you can only find at one corner of the map during third moon phase. <laughs> it's literally just a teleportation fetch quest. If they would have got rid of those and just kept the story-centric ones, I don't think we would have the same kind of overall complaint about it. At least I wouldn't. I mean, the side quests that I really enjoy were the ones with, they developed the side characters, like uh, Sharon, uh, Goats, uh, what's the the blacksmith dude's name? Oh, um, God, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember Fandom a while ago, and now I can't remember this dude's name. I didn't give a shit about goats. <laughs> I, I, I skip, 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 skip. Man, hold the door. Leave, yeah, leave hold the door alone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, with Final Fantasy X, a lot of it's more unknown, like the side quests and the getting the weapons and shit like that. You have to either know someone like Chris or look it all up to to get some of that shit. So I kind of wish there was some mystery behind um, sixteen, but I think this is a much easier game to play, much more. Uh, player friendly style game uh but yeah nine out of ten for me and uh it'll be in contention for game of the year 
Absolutely. Let's until jump Spider-Man into yeah, until Spider-Man comes out. Uh let's jump into our weekly recommendation. Christian. Uh Remnant 2. Which we're gonna talk about next week. There it is. Okay. But yes, it's a good uh, game. Eric. I mean, I'm your, not gonna uh... say anything on here because it'll ruin it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh Wolong Fallen Dynasty and uh Remnant 2 for next week. Whoa, long, huh? Been curious about that. You shouldn't be. Okay, long, never long mind. <laughs> gonna, gonna dismiss it. Gonna completely dismiss it now. <laughs> Wait till the episode comes out. All right. And that's coming from a Dark Souls fan. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, Eric, what's your weekly recommendation? Uh, I was all prepared for this, for this assignment. Uh, <laughs> We have one fucking job. You you fucking know. know how the episodes end. <laughs> I didn't think we were gonna do this shit because we didn't do um the other. You said it in the beginning. You had two hours. You, 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 <laughs> I can't. I, yeah. So I don't know. I've been um since I beat sixteen. I beat Ragnarok. Um, I'm playing Final Fantasy Nine right now. Um. So I don't. Yeah. I. My bad. Uh, people. <laughs> Right, Chris, what's your week recommendation? <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about it in the Discord. It was either last night or the night before last, but somebody brought up Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, I just watched the first season of this like a month ago. Dylan told me to watch it, and awesome. So good. If if you haven't, give it a shot. First season's completely dubbed. I don't know how much of the second season is or how much second of the second season, season's out. The last two episodes are not dubbed. Okay, but they're working on it? All right. Well, yeah. I, I'm going to start the second season soon enough, but I watched the first season in like three days. So good. The manga is so gory. That's, yeah, I have read that. Oh, I've, I've read that it is. I have not read the manga. I want to, though. I'll wait till oh, it becomes a box set. My week recommendation is going to be a movie that has been on my watch list for a number of years, and it's just. Yesterday, I finally decided to uh, commit to it, and that was Annihilation. That's the one with uh, Natalie Portman in it and uh, uh, Poe from fucking Star Wars. What's his fucking name? Oscar Isaac. Oscar um, Isaac, yeah. He's in it as well. Um, it is a very unique movie. Um, it has to deal with kind of like an alien invasion, kind of. Uh, it's called The Shimmer, and it blocks off like a segment of of a, like a coastline and once you walk in it's like the the entire movie is about cancer essentially like there's mm. cancer themes that run through it and it's about uh like self-destruction as well so inside the shimmer there's like plants and shit that are like mutating and then like and when you're in there you're you're also kind of mutating as well uh interesting it's got some it's got some interesting so like the animals that are in there, it's got like they start like almost kind of like fusing together a little bit, and it's super super interesting movie. And uh, I'm still thinking about it now after I watched it early yesterday morning. Uh, so really really great movie. If it's been on your watch list for a long period of time, like mine, I would recommend uh, jumping into it and watching it. It is on uh, it's on Netflix, so y'all can check it out there. Well, guys, this was uh, a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but 
it is what it is <laughs> uh great time with friends we did the damn thing we did the damn thing this was fucking fire emblem three houses like a motherfucker <laughs> show was <laughs> but that is going to be it from us like i said next week we're going to be talking about um some of the giveaways and then also christian's been playing remnant 2 i played a little bit of wolong fallen dynasty and uh oh i beat remnant yeah. sir i said been playing did i done I don't know. Anyways, you, you, you're going to be talking about Remnant 2. I'm not. Um, so we're going to be talking about all that next week. And we got a bunch of games we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. So get prepared for that. Baldur's Gate 3 comes out in, what, two weeks? Uh, so I'm fucking excited about that game. Uh, but that's going to be it from us, guys. We appreciate y'all joining us for this review. Let us know in the comments section below on what you think about Final Fantasy 16. Also, there's uh, links down below for our merch. Go there, help support us. Also, links to our Patreon, patreon.com slash two game, uh, if you want to consider supporting us. Uh, without further ado, we will catch y'all next week on another episode. Laters. Later. Later, guys. Bye. Uh...